Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vasquez and co-host Aisha Kreutz. A starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Bienvenidos y welcome to Next Step Show. Hi, everyone. This is a show that's on a mission to educate, unite, y hacer sinergia. It's me, Peter Vasquez, and... Aisha Kreitz. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even going to hesitate. You know what? I'm getting goosebumps just talking about the, the guest that we have today. But first, He's let me so just excited. tell you, we have an in-studio guest. As I mentioned last week, this is the extra in the extraordinary machine of Aisha Kreutz, Mr. Matt Kreutz. Welcome, Mr. Matt But hang on. Thanks. Don't say nothing. You're going to take too much time because I really, really <laughs> want to bring our show on. Great intro. The next <laughs> one. Yeah, we love him. He's like my little brother, although he's older than me. I'm bigger um, than you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, listen, today's guest is the veteran actor, Nick Searcy, who's also a producer and has won several major awards. And I'm going to try not to fan out Mr. Searcy, Nick, because I love you. Art Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, welcome, Nick. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to meet you guys. Oh, my gosh. The, the honor. The I, honor. Hang on. i got to put a pillow behind Aisha. I think she's going to fall. <laughs> Way to find out how you, how you guys know Nick Searcy? Justified. Oh, we, we have drinks all the time. Yeah, I should I have known. I'll have a drink with you anytime, Nick. See, Nick, you can't ask a straight question here on this program. No. Um, <laughs> so I and my husband uh, have been following Nick for a very long time. Um, I read your Twitter page. Yeah. <laughs> I love your movies. productions. Um, yeah. but no, we, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. Um, I know sometimes there's a little bit of delay, but yeah. So he, uh, he and he has a recent. I don't know if anybody has seen it. I hope they have. Capital Punishment, um, Terror on the Prairie, um, Gosnell. I love Gosnell. I mean, I love all your movies, but Gosnell, man, that was your, your, your performance in there just brought it home. Definitely well, thank you powerful. So much. Yeah, that's um, th- doing Gosnell kind of set me on the the path I'm on now, and uh, it's. It, it, it's a it's a turning point in my career in many ways. Yeah, very different um, than some of the older stuff. Justified is I've probably seen that more than any series ever in my life. Just to let everyone know, too, um, it is one yeah. of my all time favorites. But, but just um, so you know, I want I wanted to make sure you understand that when you call me a veteran actor, what you're really saying is old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like to think Which of it as, as experienced. Accurate. Yeah, right. Experience. That, yeah. It is. If you've ever seen his IMBD, uh, like I said, uh, there is. you're just so good. You are so diverse in all of the things. I know I shouldn't be doing this, and I'm going to get into what we really want to talk about. But it is. I just think that it's amazing all the different types of roles that you can play. Um, and they're just, you know, so in it, you know, and even though I did not like you on Terror on the Prairie because he was a bad guy. Um, <laughs> hey, Nick, I got to ask. You were channeling little Boyd Crowder on Terror on the Prairie, I thought. <laughs> Perversion of the Bible. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, that's, that's the thing, and that's the joke I always tell. Is I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good at playing bad guys because I've played a lot of Democrats. You- oh. <laughs> 
Amen, brother. Hey, hey, mentioning that, what Nick? I gotta ask. Uh, you know, really, why? I mean, you you work in an industry that's plagued by liberalism and and plagued by by this whole left wing mentality where. I mean, and you you could easily do your movies, shake your head, not even say anything, uh, make decent money, and retire. Um, but but you've become a uh, a a really a beacon. a beacon of hope for for many of us here at the grassroots level, uh, seeing what you're doing and and what you're taking on as a result. Well, thank you. I think I'm just not smart enough to keep my mouth shut, <laughs> but. It's uh, it, it really, I think a lot of things happened for me around the time that Andrew Breitbart died. He was, such a, he was a friend of mine, and he was inspiring to me. And at that point, you know, I was never quiet about what I believed, but I wasn't really vocal about it until after that, because when he passed away so suddenly, I just, it, the thought occurred to me, what, what am I doing? What am I, what are we here for? You know, if not to try to to spread the, the point of view that we think is important and and try to do what we can while we're here and so that that's when I just sort of resolved at that point I'm going to speak my mind I'm going to try to do projects that that uh, reflect my personal beliefs and not just mm. look at this like a job wow that's awesome and you do it with such grace um, and kindness. <laughs> No, I mean, except on Twitter. Except I'm for mean on, on Twitter. Twitter. Well, I meant like to your comrades. You know, I shouldn't say comrades. Well, I, I just noticed when Anne H got in her accident. You said best wishes to Anne, and you know, it, it, liberals would never be that nice to you. I don't think. Well, I worked with Anne. You know, I did. Anne was, and I had a little scene together in a movie called The Best of Enemies mm-hmm. um, with Sam Rockwell, and I'm, you know, I'm. I mean, I've, a lot of these people I have personal relationships with here or there, and it, that that is true. Though the other side, they 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 are very they're so their politics dominates their thoughts so much that they can't really look at me as a person. A lot of them they have to look at me as an enemy because I'm I'm not one of them uh, politically. So, Nick, a quick question for you. Do you find in uh, in Hollywood, I mean, I, we, we know that, uh, uh, oh, boy, I'm just a senior moment here. Uh, the uh, the guy from Cheers who had the radio talk show uh, program. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, he's, he's a conservative. Uh, do you find a lot of your uh, people are kind of flying under the radar there, your friends, associates that you work with who are really – much more conservative than they let on for fear of not getting work or, you know, uh, being uh, blacklisted? Absolutely. I mean, I've had, uh, you know, quite a few people. I'd say much more than a handful of of pretty close friends who say, basically, in essence, they say, I agree with you, but I could never do what you do because I know I would never work again. And uh, a lot of these, uh, a significant number of them, I would say, are black conservatives. And these are people that you would know by face, not by name. I'm not going to out them. Right. But, you know, they, they, they realize that as black conservatives, they really would be under fire if they came out and said, you know, I'm not a Democrat. I didn't vote for Obama. So they, they do keep it close to the vest. I mean, there was a, there was a top secret conservative organization in Los Angeles for a long time called Friends of Abe until it was finally outed. And I met 
hundreds, hundreds of people that you would know if you saw them that that kind of keep it keep it quiet. And that is so true, you know, as a black conservative myself um, and um, actually uh, that for years. Uh, and I'm talking years, right? I mean, it took me several years even to come out as a black conservative. I'm not even famous in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I would have that same thing. People would be like, yeah, you should. You go out there and say that. <laughs> we believe you. And I'll take all the bullets and all the stuff that comes at us. And they're just, and I'm like, really? I'm out here by myself again. But don't we have pastors that yeah. kind of hide here locally, too? I mean, we've yeah. been, Aisha and I have been working this uh, grassroots for over 10 years, and I'm still amazed at how many faith-based leaders, right? How right. many they're pastors are, uh, con- yeah, conservative they're all Republican. day. You know, uh, uh, I know someone who recently got elected who I know is a conservative. We've talked about this. Um, the work that they do uh, is all. But in order for them to win, they, they had to go Democrat. put the pink hat on and, 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 and carry that flag and say uh, everything that, that they way. didn't believe in. It's disgusting. Uh, they're doing great work, though. I have I to know. say they did the whole, uh, oh, what is that called when you come in? The Trojan horse effect? Don't out I ain't outing yeah. nobody. Yeah, but it is. It's hard, you know, like and that's one of the things that I mean, obviously, you're, you know, even before, like you said, that you have been vocal on on this um, point. Right. Um, I was watching you for a long time, um, but. I've come to appreciate, you know, like your walks. <laughs> he does a thing. Right. Uh, maybe could you tell him a little bit about that, like your walks that you do? Um, well, when I was when back during the pandemic, when uh, Mayor Garcetti said that there should not be any non-essential walking outside, <laughs> they were they were literally trying to people get people to stay in their houses in Los Angeles. So every day, I think I did about seventy-seven or seventy-eight yeah. of these, where I would go outside and have a non-essential walk for a couple of minutes and just. Talk about how stupid Garcetti is, and how the, how the rules are so the rules were so arbitrary and and ridiculous on their face that I couldn't believe that people were actually obeying them in Los Angeles. But that's that's the trap of living in in uh, in Los Angeles, California. It's like you are surrounded by people who who buy everything that the mainstream media and the Democrats tell them, and they will do whatever they are told. Without question. Why is that? And it's that? really kind of frightening. Uh, talking to Nick Searcy uh, on the, the Next Step show here. Uh, you know, Andrew Barbright, uh, Breitbart, your, your good friend who uh, he had kind of a uh, an epiphany uh, after he had gone to uh, college and had lived uh, this life of debauchery and drinking and the usual uh, you know the usual college experience back in the 1980s, and then all of a sudden he found himself actually having to have a job where he was delivering scripts, and he was driving an old car that his parents had gotten him that only had an AM radio, and he discovered Rush Limbaugh, and right. and all of a and he had suspected for some time that the that the liberal uh, trope is 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 false, is fake, and is uh, is bad for human beings, and suddenly you know the the essential truth started to appeal to him did you similarly because you guys were you know like brothers from different mothers did you have a similar kind of revelation very much so you know i did get the guest host for rush limbaugh one time and uh, i met him briefly but yeah i was very similar experience i was uh i had moved back to north carolina from new york because my wife and i we had a, a child this was around 1989 90 
And at that time, I was driving long distances for auditions because I lived in North Carolina, but the auditions would be three and a half, four hour drive away uh, when I was just first building my career. And I, you know, you're you're sitting there on the flipping through the radio, and I heard this guy. I heard this person I'd never heard before, and he was funny, and he was had this great voice, and he was making fun of Democrats. And I was like, "Wow, I you don't hear that every day." Who's yeah. this guy? <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, that's Who, when I became a fan. Didn't know that was possible, right? I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and then it was so bizarre. I mean, I, I talked about this with Bo Snerdly, but such a surreal experience to, to, you know, almost 30 years later, this guy that I'd been listening to my whole life, I'm, I'm actually hosting his yeah. show. And it, you know, it, it really turned things, uh, you know, it, it was... I keep joking. It's better than an Academy Award. Very, I got to host the Rush Limbaugh show. Very, very interesting. Very interesting guy because uh, I co-hosted with him here. Uh, as a matter of fact, at this very radio station, way back at the beginning of his career. As a matter oh, of fact, wow. as a matter of fact, Ditto originated on this radio station, and he's not what you would expect. I mean, right neck. He's uh, he's uh, he, he's no. uh, he's kind of he's very he's sort of reserved, and yeah. uh, uh, you almost have to kind of draw him out a little bit. Yeah, he's actually quite shy, which is, you know, that's right. He, that's exactly what you would not expect. But uh, I think Rush described himself the best when he said he was a warm, lovable little fuzzball. But that's really kind of true. <laughs> and me and my husband uh, actually on our wedding, um, not the invites, but our wedding program, where he thanked um, Rush Limbaugh and Ronald Reagan. People were like, "They're not even here," and <laughs> but it but it was it was. Uh, but, but they are though, Aisha. Yeah, well, it was Rush that you know me and him uh, kind of bonded about same kind but of very similar listening to Rush since we were experience. Kids. Yeah, so even though I started listening to Rush because I hated him. And I was ready to prove that's them wrong. How, you know, so that's how a lot of people yeah. come to Rush. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand But they have no idea because they never listened. Yeah, I had to listen because right. I was starting to be politically aware. And Rush's name would come up a lot. And I was like, okay, I can't really talk about this person until I actually hear what he's saying so I could debate properly when people, you know, when the conservatives and Republicans would come up. And... I became a conservative. And Interesting parallels I, I want to point out here between uh, Rush and Trump. Wouldn't you say, Nick? As far as, as, far, yeah. as far as how liberals react? Oh, yeah. Well, the thing about Rush and Trump is that they, they speak plainly, and they're not of the political class. Right. And that's right. why they hated Trump. Both parties, people in both parties hated Trump, not because of anything he said or did, but simply because he's not one of them. He's not part of the political elite. And therefore, he he could comment on that. He it was it was literally like what the Constitution was designed to have: a citizen president, right. rather than a permanent member of the political Politburo who moves right. up through the ranks and becomes president, like this moron that we have now. I mean, Joe Biden really isn't competent to to take care of himself. Much less is a little too kind for for this guy in office right now. I can't even call him president. He's so. He's so, so out there. Hey, hey, so I mean, they, they carry him around like yeah. he's literally like he's. It's you know, sad. Uh, it's it, it's you know. not just sad. It's it scary. It's, it's seriously it concerning. But it breaks my heart too. Like that, his wife would. He, she should be protecting him and not have even let it happen. Like she's propelling woman, him is what she's doing. It is. But I'm just saying, as a woman, I would never allow my husband, somebody, to use my husband that way if uh, he was in I that think state. She's, 
It's the will to power. She, and she, he is—he was evil before he was brain-addled. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so hey, Nick, don't feel sorry yeah. for him. Nick, you're... you're... I, I, remember, I remember living in New York in the 1980s, and there was a magazine called Spy Magazine. And on the cover, there was one cover of Spy Magazine where it said, America's dumbest senator. And it was <laughs> Joe Biden. And oh, underneath man. it, it said, he's even dumber than Boxer. <laughs> That's gotta, saying something. You've got to find that. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. So he's always been dumb. Now True. he's addled. He's yeah, dumb. now he's addled. Yep, yep. Oh, so, Peter, you were going to ask. Well, I was just, you know, I'm looking at your Twitter page. Um, you know, it says you like wrestling. You're, you're a wrestling fan, natural healer, uh, a Peabody <laughs> Award winner. Our listeners, tell them a little bit about who you are. I mean, again, you're, you're doing things that, that you can easily decide not to do. And, and I know a lot of our listeners, um, you know, are, are, are struggling sometimes um, to want to. I mean, they're just they're not we're not seeing the benefits or, or, of the hard labor of activism, of working, of standing up to this uh, crazy government. Yeah. I mean, New York State is probably j- just uh, probably as bad as California uh, um, yeah. or, or maybe a fraction so. less. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. so. I think it's nah. bad. <laughs> um, but so a lot it's of the people that California. we work with. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I lived in Barstow for it. Actually, my, my oldest son was born in Victorville uh, when I was 15 years old. I was a bit of a knucklehead then. I was a teen parent. And uh, one day... I, uh, my, uh, my, my baby mama, I guess I should say. Um, and I, uh, you know, I said, Hey, let's go to California. And somehow I ended up in Barstow at the time. It was a block's worth of residences. Um, but I loved California. Um, except I did that, a movie in Victorville once. I'm very familiar with it. With it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I have never been asked for ID as <laughs> in my life, except for when I lived in Barstow in, Vic- in that Victorville area, every time I would get pulled over and they would ask for an ID. Uh, yeah. Interesting time. But anyway, so our listeners, if, if you don't mind, just tell them who you are. Who's Nick? And, and, and how can they um, become a Nick as far as being an activist, um, even though they're not as well-known and popular? <laughs> well, well, I, uh, you know, I started making doc. I did a, my first documentary in 2020, and it was called America, America, God Shed His Grace on Thee. And I was commissioned to make that by the uh, Western Conservative Summit. They couldn't have their meeting, that, that their convention that year because of the pandemic. So that movie is now on Amazon. It's an exploration of the the relationship between the Bible and the Constitution and how the country has veered away from that in recent years. It has interviews with the, the last interview, actually, with Herman Cain before he went into the hospital. And uh, Andrew Young is interviewed, uh, Alveda King, um, Ben Shapiro, Dennis Prager. It's, it's a really, really interesting film. Well, that film led to... Capital Punishment, which is the one I put out last November, which is about uh, the events of January 6th. And you can find that at my locals page, nickcersey.locals.com. And we made that movie because I was there on January 6th, like millions of other Americans, and we saw that they were lying about us on the media. And and it tells the story of uh, what the FBI has been doing since that day. And um, one of the things about the Trump raid at Mar-a-Lago, I mean, I'm not glad that it happened. I think it's a horrible, horrible thing. But I'm hopeful that some good will come out of that because people will start to realize that they have been doing what they did to Trump to 
thousands of American citizens who did nothing wrong on January 6th. Their only crime was to go there and to be there because they wanted to protest, because they felt like there were legitimate concerns about the election. And what the FBI has been doing systematically is targeting and terrorizing and Mm -hmm. demonizing American citizens who don't agree with the present administration. And they, they do it over and over again. And, you know, that's that's why I think Capital Punishment might be the most important movie I've ever been associated with, because it's telling a story that you cannot get anywhere else in the media. Yeah, I I mean, I have to tell you, watching Capital Punishment, um, especially I don't don't get me wrong, people. okay? so I might get beat up here a little bit. Um, But before I watched Capital Punishment. You know, me and my husband, we kind of go back and forth a little bit about, you know, what was appropriate, what wasn't, different types of things without getting myself in trouble, especially in this room. But then watching Capital Punishment, I have to say that it did, I mean, it broke my heart. Um, And it really opened my eyes just to a little bit more where I'm a a lot more sympathetic to understand, like, they're just a bunch of liars. You know what I mean? Like, even though I know that, I was like, well, I don't know, like, really what was going on? Because, you know, even looking into it, my husband, he does deep dives into things a little bit more than I do. And so we would just go back and forth. And I just have to tell you, capital punishment. Can I get a punishment. copy of that tape right there? <laughs> <laughs> but capital punishment really kind of moved me over to my husband's side a little bit more. And Oh, that's great. And uh, seeing that just, again, it was heartbreaking, the whole thing. You know, and, and I don't mean just like, you know, uh, with the death of um, Ashley, but just seeing what is actually happening to our country and from the perspective of people that were there um, and Nick, you know what I mean? And knowing your integrity too, going, well, you're not going to put your name behind something, you know, and, and be lying uh, in, in my humble opinion. So it was just amazing. Everybody well, should watch you. it. That's I, I, I agree. Everybody was- should see it. And the problem with the movie is nobody on the left will watch it. I mean, it's, they're afraid to take it in. Because they are so invested, their self-esteem is so wrapped up in this idea that they're superior to anybody who went to Washington on January 6th. And all those people are domestic terrorists and violent extremists. More and more, since the film was made, more and more has come out about how there were people disguised as Trump supporters who were instigating the crowd. Right. And there were certainly some people in the crowd that were legitimate Trump supporters that maybe did something wrong. But nobody there was armed. Nobody there came there with the idea of violently overthrowing the government, like they keep saying. And so many of the people that did do things like break windows and break down doors were either Antifa, BLM activists disguised as Trump supporters. And we have them in the film. They're in the film. John L. Sullivan, who is a known BLM uh, activist, was in the room when Ashley Babbitt was killed. Oh, gosh, More and more, it's coming out that people like Ray Epps had taken down restricted area signs so that people, when they went to the Capitol, they didn't know that they were entering a restricted area. So many of these charges are entering a restricted area when there were no signs. And so there were FBI operatives there that were instigating the crowd as well. And this is all coming out. It's slowly coming out. The media is not reporting it. But all that information is contained in Capitol Punishment. 
We, yeah, and, and, and they're still free. And you know what else? I have an idea. I think we should start doing movie parties with our people on the left and not telling them what we're going to watch. Wine, cheese, and a movie. Go walk out. We'll do that. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Nick Cersei here on our next step show with Aisha and Peter. We'll be right back after these few words. Hey, Nick, you want to hear anything for a couple minutes here while we take a quick commercial break? But keep the faith. We'll be back on WYSL 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, AM 1040. Shop the WYSL store 24 hours for official apparel, drinkware, and gift ideas at WYSL1040.com. Rock on Harley Davidson and Rock on Power Sports, West Henrietta Road. Shop the greatest selection of legendary Harleys and save big on a wide array of used bikes. And Rock on Power Sports has rides from Honda, Kawasaki, and Yamaha. Rock on has a helpful staff to save you big money. The Rock on Service Department has expert technicians and a great supply of parts to get and keep you on two wheels. WYSL listeners get $500 off used motorcycles while supplies last. Rock On has side-by-sides, ATVs, and jet boats, too. Anything that's fun and goes fast. On and off-road and on the water, shop the all-new Rock On first. Rock On Harley-Davidson and Rock On Motorsports, 2600 West Henrietta Road. Open Tuesday through Saturday. Call 424-2120. Visit rockonharleydavidson.com. Western New York, ceiling and paving, installing new driveways and parking lots. Seal coating, too. Want a fresh new driveway or parking lot installed? Call 247-8466. For a limited time, get 0% financing for 18 months for qualified buyers. Serving Monroe, Livingston, and Ontario counties. WNYPave.com. Seal coating, paving, plus concrete sidewalks and patios. Call 247-8466 or visit WNYPave.com. Western New York, ceiling and paving. Make your asphalt great again. If you are dealing with chronic pain, Dr. Sharak Patel is now available in the Southern Tier. Serving Noyes, Jones, and St. James Hospitals, Dr. Patel is an experienced pain management specialist. He offers steroid injections and many other procedures and has a special interest in the lumbar and cervical spine. Don't let chronic pain impact your quality of life. Ask your doctor for a referral or call 585-243-0150. Next Steps with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz on the WYSL station. Suavemente, bésame, que quiero sentir tus labios, besándome otra vez. Suavemente, bésame, que quiero sentir tus labios, besándome otra vez. Suave, bésame, bésame, suave. All right, welcome back to the Next Steps show. We got a great guest today. Nick Searcy's with us talking about great things. But, you know, we- great guest, great American. Great guest, great Thank American, you. absolutely. You know, we, we, we see these things that people are calling riots. January 6th, we're talking about it, right? They say it was a riot. Here in Rochester, as we saw throughout the country back in 2020, uh, some of 2021, where they had these riots. I mean, here in Rochester, there were putting cars, police cars ablaze. They were trying to get into the city hall, breaking windows and, and destroying property. But a lot of the local leaders still want to call it, which 
happens to be mostly, or not mostly, actually, New York State's been almost exclusively Democrat controlled for almost a half a century. And they want to call that a protester, uh, a, a protest. So when people like us say, no, that was a riot, then they start saying that we're bigots. And, you know, Aisha and I look at each other like, really? You're going to call us a bigot? <laughs> That's pretty right. humorous in itself. So, I mean, I, I don't get it. But you know what, Donick, here recently... Uh, at least one protester uh, was finally charged, or one rioter was finally charged with a 30-month sentence uh, for charging or for putting the car on fire. Yeah, burning the police car and doing some other damage downtown. It was uh, he was a, a BLM activist. Yep. And uh, but the, it's it's perverse how this gets uh, twisted around, like in the case of January 6th uh, and the alleged abduction of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer uh, by. Uh, Four yahoos from the backwoods of the Upper Peninsula and about nine FBI agents. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the problem is that, you know, they, they, uh, they, we show in the film that in 2017, when Trump was inaugurated in Washington, D.C., there were actual riots. There were actual, you know, vandalism, uh, breaking windows in Starbucks and in a bank. And, you know, that, that, that was an actual riot. Yeah, I remember seeing a stretch limo on fire. Yeah. And, but no, you know, what happened on uh, January 6th, the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War? Give me a break. I mean, it was, it was all a bunch of old people like me. What are we going to do? What are we armed with? Our blood pressure medicine? It's insane. <laughs> They're trying to cover up for the fact that they stole the election. That was the worst attack on democracy yeah. of course they well, changed, that, that they changed, is changed. the point that is the point of all the stuff they're doing to american citizens they're intentionally demonizing and terrorizing people they go to their house i mean you see in the movie a man and his wife and his daughter live in a two-bedroom suburban little home in, oh, in uh, a town in southern california and 20 armored vehicles swat team members they're screaming come out of your house this is a guy who's never been arrested for anything before in his life. He's got red dots all over his chest. They bring the daughter out. They handcuff the 13-year-old daughter. Yep. Why would you do this? Yeah. The reason you do this is Shocking that you are embarrassing this man in front of his neighbors, and you are sending a message to everyone around. Don't ever be one of these people, or this will happen to you. Don't protest these things that you think are faulty, or this will happen to you. Yep. Right. However, for the real rioters, right, the ones that are causing the issues, the black – this is what our, our, our previous mayor said in, in response to this guy uh, putting these cars on fire. She wrote, his passion for the Black Lives Matters movement ultimately led to his passion uh, being misdirected on that May 30th, 2020 day, she wrote. Yeah. Was she writing about her drug dealer husband or was <laughs> – <laughs> the, the, that's, that's literally true, uh, Nick, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah is that true. is true. Yeah, her husband uh, – yeah. Yeah. Well, and everybody's known that though for years. It's been that way since I, I moved here to Rochester in 1991, and I would say within maybe four or five years of that, um, knew about her husband, you know, selling drugs. So um, it's not wow. like it was something that was drugs. new. But again, that, that is. He married to Hunter Biden. Uh, I think they're related, at least. <laughs> actually, actually, this guy uh, made Hunter Biden, you know, look pretty good. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, wow. 
Well, I might have overstated it. Yeah, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, right. No, but but really, that is you know again, and, and capital punishment even t- touches on it as well, right? Like these rioters, these people, whether it's here in Rochester, right? And it was pretty bad here. Um, again, you have the outside agitators that were coming in that were stirring up, which is the you know common thing with BLM. It's not usually the local people, right? Happened January 6th as well, where these people, they come in and they get everybody riled up. And again, and in scripture, it even talks about that, like how the demons um, can corral the people, right? How you can rile people up and they wouldn't normally do something and you get caught up um, in this movement. But every time when it comes to something like these rioters or the the thing that they want to push, they say that it is misguided somehow, right? So the January 6th folks, they're not misguided, right? But these Rochester protesters setting cars on fire, they're misguided. Uh, Portland, Oregon, they're misguided. Definitely misguided. But really, who's misguiding them? Exactly. No, no, they're not misguided. But I'm just saying how they play it off. I mean, they're telling us that these people, they're not misguided. They're criminals. They're not misguided. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, and that's why they say things like, you know, his passion being misdirected. But yet when we're looking at the January 6th, you know, they're calling it an insurrection. They call it all these crazy right. things. And I guess their passion can't, uh, you know, can't uh, overtake. I, you know, Nick, before I saw the previous two movie, and I have to admit, I haven't watched the movie yet. Which one? Uh, uh, um, capital capital punishment. punishment. Yeah, Capital oh, Punishment, yeah. but I will. Um I'm being told, Nick, I apologize. Apparently, Aisha's been talking too much, and we haven't given you a chance to talk. No, no, no. Oh, go, no, go ahead. Yeah, he is the guest. <laughs> wow. Can you no, tell us ahead. about we, the Reagan movie? Nope, I'm sorry. The Reagan movie. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully that's going to come out early next year. They've been working on it for a long time. But, uh, yeah, that's Dennis Quaid as Ronald Reagan. And it's a big, sweeping biopic. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be an epic film. I mean, it's, I, I'll be I'll be surprised if it's less than two hour forty five or something like that. I mean, it's a, nice. it's a big big movie. I look forward to seeing. It. So we'll look and, out uh, for the Reagan movie in twenty twenty three. And there's a couple of movies coming out later this year. Um, there's a movie called The Old Way, which is another western uh, that I did with Nicolas Cage, and that'll probably come out in October or November. And yeah, what else? I'm I'm going. I'm actually shooting a uh, doing a part in a movie next week in uh, Kentucky. So um, oh. I'm continuing to work. I mean, that's what I tell people. It's like it's not like I've run my mouth and they've stopped hiring me. I still continue to work. I just don't work with as many people who hate my guts as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> so do do they say that they won't work with you, or you just don't get the call at all, or? Well, they never would say that to your face. You know, they're not going to, although a couple have. You know, I've, I've had some casting directors tell my agent, you know, we'll never have him back in. He's an insurrectionist or whatever. Oh, my God. And I actually fired my agent back in December. Um, I'd been with him for seven or eight years, and uh, I had to fire him because he refused to watch the movie. Not even watch. He wouldn't even watch Capital Punishment. And I said to him, dude, you're my agent. It's kind of your job. You have to watch that. Because if, you, if you're if you ashamed to represent me, then you're not really going to be my agent anymore. Right, right. Um, 
I mean, how do we, yeah, I, mean, I think that we have to figure out, right, one of the things that we do at Frederick Douglass Foundation, um, me and Peter, you know, we're part of that organization, and yeah. is trying to find innovative ways to, you know, tackle today's problems. And something, you know, like hearing you talk about how people just won't even watch capital punishment, not something that I really, I mean, I, I think we need to find ways to really push and get people to watch it that don't already think like us. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there has to be a way for us to do that. It's very difficult. Uh, they are very resistant. It's like mm-hmm. it's like anything else. You try to get them to confront the truth of their position or the lack of truth in their position, and they won't. That's why they have to silence you. That's why they have to shut you up. They have to say, you're a bigot. You're a racist. You don't deserve to be heard. Your point of view is harmful. Your words are violent. That's what they do. That's why at that's how they silence you because they don't want to confront the fallacy in what they believe. Correct. So they just yell at you and scream at you and call you names and try to intimidate and change the subject. That changes the, the subject. That's the yeah. uh, the tried and true left wing uh, technique all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I noticed I was just looking at uh, some of your information that that movie, The Old Way, you got coming out. It says that Nicolas Cage is in that with you. Yeah. We had a great time. I really enjoyed working with him. He's a, always prepared every day. He's he's a real pleasure to work with. I bet. I I I, I think I'd like I, I loved his, his I loved his most recent movie, the the movie about himself, <laughs> where, 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 yeah. he, where he gets uh, hired to to do the party. It's hilarious. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen it. No, he's not very conservative. I don't think. I don't know him for being uh, Nicholas Cage for well, being. He probably couldn't out him even. No, that's true. Never well, mind. Forget I asked that. I'll say this. I'll say this. If you, if you, if there's a star who has not been vocal about their politics, chances are, it, it just might be. <laughs> yeah, oh, chances are. Because really, I mean, so many actors in Hollywood—that's how they audition. They audition by walking around with their leftist politics on their sleeve, so that everybody knows that they're in the club, and. So if you if you have somebody like you know for example Chris Pratt, he doesn't talk about politics much, but that's because he's not one of them. Yes. Yeah, you've heard it here first on Next Steps program, but actually you didn't hear it, so forget forget <laughs> what you've just heard because well, I mean, we. Yeah, and that people. goes for anybody. If you if you if you hear somebody saying, "Yeah, I don't really like to get into politics because both sides buy tickets," chances are. They're afraid to say what they believe because they're actually conservatives. Got it. That's that's interesting. We've decoded that today. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate the tip. <laughs> I know, right? Look at that. Um, hey, so I, I, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, terror on the prairie. Yes. <laughs> and because uh, well, I love Westerns uh, in, in general, but um, it was just, I don't know. It was, I mean, I know you played bad guys before and stuff, but... Uh, it was pretty mean. No. Well, that character was that was a really well written character, and they they allowed me to um, add some things to it. I, I I put more scripture in the movie than was in the script because I thought if this guy's going to be carrying around scripture and using it like a weapon, he needs to know his stuff. So you know, I had him quoting a lot more than, than he did. I know, the, and that really made me movie. mad. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking through the whole movie. I'm like, this is just not even true. The devil He's knows just, the scripture. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that the thing that I 
hung that character on and, and why I love that character so much is that you could tell that this was the wreckage of what once was a very decent and moral man. That this was one t- at one time the captain was probably a great man. And the pain of what they'd done to him, I don't want to give away the whole plot of the movie, but the pain had caused him to literally go mad. Yeah. So that that was what I kept kind mm. of. I, I hung the character on the fact that he was operating from a, a place of considerable pain, and and that drove all of his actions and perverted his view of scripture. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it's shooting people in the back. Yeah. Well, we had a disagreement on that one. <laughs> she said, "Oh, that's terrible," and I said, "I would have done it." I know, I know guys are so much you know and, and I, even you know watching even through that movie uh just it's so much I, men are just so much meaner than women you know i'm like you know even warrior type of thing well matt with your book um oh that is break time i'll come back with that um but this is Aisha Kreitz and Peter Vasquez on The Next Step Show on WYSL, 10.40 a.m., 92.1 FM, and 95.5 West FM. Here's a special message for veterans and surviving spouses from Alpine Manor. You may qualify for a special benefit from the VA. After applying for funds received for aid and attendance, your stay at Alpine Manor could be as low as $600 per month. Be sure to call for details. At Alpine Manor, their pride is personalized care for seniors who are not yet ready for a nursing home. There are supervised activities and medications, full laundry and housekeeping services, three dietary-approved home-cooked meals, and a bedtime snack, all provided in immaculate surroundings. Be sure to call for details on this new program for the veteran in your family. Keep the golden years carefree years at Alpine Manor, nestled in the picturesque rolling hills east of 390 in Livingston County, just 20 minutes from Rochester. New York State Health Department licensed. Call 346-5880. That's 346 346- 4658880 for a no obligation tour or information or visit alpinemanor.com. Next to life itself, time is God's greatest gift. Every minute of your child's precious school years should be spent in devotion to truth, not some agenda. An Archangel School K through 12 classic Catholic based education fosters achievement, not conformity. Affordable, safe, small class sizes and zero time wasted on CRT or Common Core. Your family values are honored and parental involvement is warm welcomed. Archangel School kids learn to soar, not march. 247-1112. Don't be warm in your home. Pick up the phone and call 270-5836. Wise Home Energy has been fixing uncomfortable homes since 2010. Does your AC struggle to cool your home? Then call Wise Home Energy, the experts in fixing uncomfortable homes. Ducted and ductless mini splits are the 21st century answer to heating and cooling your home. So don't be warm in your home. Pick up the phone and call Wise Home Energy at 270-5836 today. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, the next step show on the WYSL stations. Welcome back. Welcome back to Next Steps with Peter Vasquez. We have Nick Searcy on the phone and we have Mac uh, Matt Jeepers. We have Matt Kreutz in studio. You know, talking about shooting in the back. Matt, doesn't your new book coming out or a book that came out recently, 
don't isn't your title talked about shooting them? Untamed Fury Two. It's called Look at Me When I'm Shooting You. <laughs> and and there is a you know there's a delving into what happens when you shoot someone in the back, but you have to, otherwise someone's gonna die. Oh man. So yeah, I mean you struggle <laughs> you struggle over it, but you get over it. Next, next, I, I, I've got a movie idea I want to pitch you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look, look, look at me when I'm shooting you. I like that. Look at me. Interesting. But it is. I don't know That's how you guys title. think. I don't know how you guys think it's okay to shoot people in the back. That's I, all. I'm I saying. don't. That's the problem. It's but not that it's sometimes okay. you have to. Just you're not going to let somebody walk away when they got to stay where they are or not go anywhere. Mm. Come on. You can't tackle them or something. That's like a lot of energy. I'm just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know more about Matt's book, you can see it on Amazon. It's Untamed Fury 1 and 2. It just came out. Yeah. Just came out. His reviews are great. And as a reminder. Written, and that is called The Consequences of Stupidity. <laughs> oh, man, I shouldn't read that one. Hey, Nick, we're coming towards the end of the show. I was wondering. You know, like I said, Aisha yep. and I do a lot of a lot of work, a lot of grassroots work. We do a lot of pro-life stuff. Um, real quick, in the beginning of the show, you had mentioned that the Gosnell movie, that, that's kind of what got you coming down this path. And that was a pretty impactful movie for me, at least. Mm-hmm. And, and we do a lot in the pro-life stuff here. What Can you just tell us a little bit about that? I mean, first of all, what caught your attention to do the movie to begin with? And, uh, and, and how did it change everything, or at least the trajectory of your career? Well, it, uh, when the first uh, approached me about directing the film and I read the script, there was a scene in there that's, that's in the movie that's intact. Um, we did a lot of rewrites on the script, but that scene is, is just like it was when I first read it. And it's a scene where Gosnell's attorney takes the legitimate abortion doctor, the, the legal abortion doctor, through the steps of how they perform abortions. And when I read that scene, it was like, wow, I did not know that this is what they did. Mm. I didn't know that they insert a needle into the base of the child's spine while the fetus is inside the womb and inject it with poison Mm. and kill it and then pull it out piece by piece. I didn't know that that's what it was. And so when I read that, I thought, this is important information. No matter what side of the issue you're on, you should know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And so that's why I decided to do the film at that time. It was like, I want, I think this is important. I didn't know this. I think there are a lot more people out there that don't know this. And I think I kind of went into it naively thinking, hey, everybody's going to be grateful that <laughs> <laughs> I gave them this information, right? And so, but then when the movie comes out and you get like, oh, you know, Gosnell, usually an independent film the size of Gosnell, you get about 180 200 reviews we got 11 oh my gosh really the left strategy with films like this is to ignore them not to you know call games and refuse them but just pretend like they don't exist so they did the same thing to gosnell the movie as they did to gosnell the story Mm -hmm. They, they did not want the facts about what gosnell did to be widely known because it it basically indicts their view of human life and abortion. Yeah. And so after that movie came out, and I, I realized more than ever after that movie came out and it got the reaction that it got, it's like, 
okay, these people are not interested in fairness. They don't want to know information that is inconvenient to them. And so I just decided at that point, okay, I'm, I'm on this path now and I'm not going to stop. Um, I've already, I've cast this die for myself and I can, I can either sit around and whine about it or I can just keep going in the direction Amen. that I'm going. And, and in fact, I have, I have been busier since Gosnell came out than I ever was before because I'm now doing my own projects. I'm getting ready to, I'm making a deal this week to, um, direct another feature film, hopefully early next year that I wrote the, uh, co-wrote with a friend of mine. It's a, it's a narrative feature. It's not a documentary. I also sold a, a, a documentary to, uh, about the 1972 men's Olympic basketball team. I optioned a book about that and we sold that last week. Um, I'm busier now than I've ever been. That's awesome. And I think that, I think that really I'm on this path because God put me on this path. And, and I think that people need to, you know, again, like you said, they don't want to get it out. They're di- people, uh, the reviews, different things. And so if you're hearing this, you know, I, I download the movies, guys. That's you know, sweet. I mean, and, and they're not, you know, and they're great. You know, I, I've watched, you know, I can't say everything that you've done, but a lot of the there's most so things, there's so much that you've done. But these movies especially and to get them out. And I think that it is imperative that we do that. We talk about how we can the little things and the big things that we can do to save this nation. And this is one of those things that you go out and you download these um, these movies. You watch them and you bring your friends that do not think like you and show it and to them. Show by, Nick, by, by the way, Nick, I, I, I want to tell you, I saw Gosnell in the theater. Yes, and two things yeah. about that two things about that experience. First of all, the theater was packed, yeah, yeah. number one. And number two, I looked around. I would say one-third of the audience is young females. I would say like tweens, 11, 12, 13, to 18 years old. So I was very gratified to see that. So yeah, I was surprised yeah. with the turnouts when we went, too, yep. especially yep. in this area. Hey, Nick, did you know that? More blacks have been killed at the hands of abortion since Roe versus Wade um, than all other combined factors. Actually, oh, yeah. the, the amount of black babies aborted exceeds the 1960 population of black America. Amazing. I think the 1965 population. Yeah, and that was, people don't know that that was Margaret Sanger's spoken purpose, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, was to, to put, uh, make more abortions in minority communities. All right, Nick, uh, we're, we're, we're coming to me. I did want to ask you if you can do me a favor, just for our listeners, two things. One is, what role did you play in Gosnell? There was a, 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 a question uh, people were wondering. And the other thing is, can you give some words of encouragement for our listeners on how, but more importantly, why should they get involved? 30 seconds or less. <laughs> well, uh, Gosnell, I played Gosnell's defense attorney. Um, I was the... I told you. <laughs> It, it was a fun role. Like I said, I played a lot of Democrats. Played the bad guy. Yeah, uh, I like playing the bad guy. And really, I think the reason to get involved is that you can't let these people bully you into silence. Yeah. Because that is how nations fall. That is how tyranny uh, takes over, is the government bullies people into silence until it's too late, until you can't, you can't resist them, you can't fight back. So I don't think we... We on the right side of things have no choice but to go forward and to try to stop what the left is trying to do to this country. And you may pay a price for it in the short term, but in the long term, you're going to 
you're going to feel much better about yourself and, and you'll, you'll sleep better at night. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here on the Next Step Show with Nick. Seriously, sir, thank you for taking the time out of your extremely yeah, busy you, schedule for, for, for talking <laughs> to little old me and little old Aisha in our, in our very large but very little show here in, uh, in upstate New York. And hopefully I didn't fan well, out too much. My pleasure. I had a, I had a great time. Thanks and for having me. Thanks, Nick. If you're Thank ever you. in the area, let us know. We'd love to host you uh, for the time that you're here. And he has a lake yeah, house, so he can hook you up with that. Yeah, too. I have a beautiful lake house that I'd be honored to, to bring you in. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time for... None other than... Wait a minute. Yeah, well, here it is. <laughs> now, Free Soup with Aisha Kreutz. Even though Nick, man, he could have been my free soup today. But I do want to just real quick, I'm going to wrap this up quickly. Congressman Liz... Cheney from Wyoming this week. She lost her bout. She lost by nearly 40 points. And that oh, number- it was close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's actually uh, pretty pathetic um, because she talked many of her Democrat constituents into switching to the Republicans so that they could vote for her. So, it's embarrassing. That is correct. But hey, her raison uh, uh, right, destroying the reputation of her arch nemesis, Donald Trump. Why? Inquiring minds want to know. I don't know the reason why, right? There's a lot of things, a lot of things floating out there. But I will say, why fight a war over oil and never get the oil, <laughs> right? What was the definition of victory in the war the generals wouldn't allow us to win? How was Eisenhower wrong when he warned us to beware of military in, in, mil, the military-industrial complex? Yes, it was just an endless wars for no good, unless you were able to figure out how to grift off the um, companies that the government gave. So Donald Trump, he went in there, he took over the White House, the Bushes and the Cheneys became best friends with the Obamas and the Clintons, right? And I don't know, something weird about it to me, I don't know what you say, but... Others will say, hush with your naivete, Aisha. Hopefully, what I can say is that people's sins will be found out. I don't know what they are, but Liz Cheney was a henchman on the inside doing it all. And I will end with this scripture. Psalms 69.6 says, Let not those who wait for you, O Lord, God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. And I hope each and every one of you remember that you are wearing the, you are the standard bearer of the Lord. Do not be the person that confounds other people because of your walk. Thank you. Absolutely. Mr. Kreutz. How can people learn about you and what you do? Because you do a lot. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, we talk a lot about servant leaders. He is a servant leader who seeks no credit for what he does. And we're constantly saying, dude, you deserve it. Where do they learn about you? Well, you can pick up one of my books at Amazon called Untamed Fury. There's two of them right now, and the third one is coming. And I am also a retirement planner here in Rochester. You got a website? Uh, MattKreutz.net. MattKreutz.net. 
financier extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our show today. We look forward to hearing you again. This is Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz here on the WYSL stations. Reconoce.